0: When you listen to other expert podcasters and coaches and you go through podcasting training and bootcamp and things like that, it feels like everything is important. you got to do everything yeah. right, you know, with the sound, the, the interview, the the marketing, you know, everything has to do be perfect.
1: Hiya, and welcome to the Podcast Owner's Manual. This is your handy reference guide to taking care of your podcast and yourself. My name is Mark, I am your podcast producer, consultant and coach and this week I'm chatting to Nirish Shakya of the Design Feeling podcast. Now, Neerish sh- uh, talks with guests about human-centred design and we got into how we can make our episodes sound as natural and engaging as possible. My ethos with this is that editing is about making everyone sound their natural best their sparkling best so that's the kind of stuff that we get into Uh, but also how can you help and, and encourage or invite guests to do most of the talking so we kicked off by talking about what makes a conversation engaging for Nirish as a host Well, first of all, I think the, the, the topic of the
0: conversation probably needs to resonate with me in terms of, oh yeah, that's actually a really useful thing to know. And I think the level of energy, if someone is talking like, you know, yeah, you know, I don't care about this thing and they're not showing any passion, I'm like, yeah, I don't care either. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to hear the passion in the voice in terms of, oh yeah, you actually care about this topic enough to make me want to care about it and third thing that makes makes it engaging for me is just being friendly. Like, I want to talk to people who are friendly and nice and positive, not people who are like assholes and, you know, <laughs> like, but not, not so friendly. So I think those are the, the podcasts where I tend to feel more engaged listening to the conversation.
1: That warmth, that sort of warmth of personality, bringing that in, that, that feeling, that that friendliness – you can't make that happen. That comes from the other person. The best thing you can do is, is when you show up is to show up and be as friendly as possible. And so one of the things that I like to do, possibly on other kind of shows that are a little less formatted or trying to be a little less tight, is I'll hit the record button as quickly as possible and get that bit out of the way so that we can then have a conversation. I often don't have a formal start to my interviews to my I don't even I don't like to think of them as interviews because again you know we're trying to strive for this natural conversation thing or this natural sounding dialogue I like to come in with having a chat and then I I know later when I come to edit this I can find the editing point and because I trained did a little bit of journalism at university one of the tricks that i'm a big fan of uh, and i think i've mentioned this in a uh, in previous uh, episodes is going in from the introduction that i record later and then the next voice that the listener hears is my guest and that's easy to do when i'm finding that edit point you know i haven't started a started off with the formal question of right now the interview has begun you must tell me everything about yourself so I think you will find that edit point as you just naturally start to have a conversation and at some point yeah you need to kind of segue it but it's only a it doesn't have to be a sharp turn one of the the questions you had that I really liked when you were sort of bringing this this stuff up is how to interject from
0: my experience I've interviewed um, a few guests now and I ask a question and they start answering the question And sometimes they just don't stop. They just keep talking. (laughs) And it's really good stuff. Like they're telling me like things I actually want to hear about. But then I feel like, okay, this is getting a bit too long. And I should probably either interrupt or ask him another question. But then... I find it rude to do that because I don't usually do that in normal conversation. I don't like to interrupt <laughs> people. <laughs> but they yeah. interrupt. Now they're going to just keep talking and this it's going to derail my, the structure that I've got in mind. So that's an interesting
1: one. So you said too long. Is it too long or is it too boring? we're not going to talk about anyone specifically, but is that is a <laughs> name concern? Names. No, no, no. Um, Probably a bit of both.
0: Probably it's, it's starting to kind of um, be, become less and less relevant to
1: the listener. So my, my thinking, my worry there is I'm thinking as an editor later, I'm thinking about future mark. And where does future mark cut from the thing that the person said where they were starting to veer off topic to the point in which I'm interjecting without it sounding like I've just gone, I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to sort of watch the clock. Because, okay, so so one of the things that I was thinking of doesn't help necessarily with the, if they're just going on and on, not letting you get a word in. We'll get to that, and and I'll 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 think some more about that. But one of the things that I often do is I I am someone who tends to has a tendency to interrupt, and I think when we've been on Zoom calls before, that is probably more common in a trait that I have when we have a sort of normal conversation than it is maybe when I'm recording a podcast because when I'm recording here, I I know that, and this is something I can get better at in normal conversations. I can make a note if I think must, you know, remember this thing. If my if my brain's gone, I, I must talk about this thing now, otherwise I'll forget it. I can make a note and then once we finish that avenue of conversation, we can look at that and go, Okay, let's revisit this this question. Or you said this thing that, that came up. It makes you look like you've got an amazing conversational memory. Um but really you're just there making a note. And so But I think honestly I kind of think you 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 have to do it. And I think because you've got, got to think about the listener and the fact that this is this is a dialogue more than it is a conversation. What is
0: the difference between a dialogue and a
1: conversation? I think a conversation is a style of dialogue or is a type of dialogue, but not all all conversations are dialogues, but not all dialogues are conversations. Because <laughs> like an interview, like as in like a police interrogation, that's a dialogue. It's not I I wouldn't call it a conversation. You know an interrogation is not a conversation and mm. I think Status maybe plays a part in that, and that's it's difficult because you now, you now have to potentially elevate your status because you are now controlling the conversation, and I think that's difficult, especially if you've got a guest who like I think a lot about status. And it's something that I, I did a little bit of study of when I was in improv, is, is thinking about how we think of of high status and low status characters because if you're interviewing someone who's got this great knowledge on something you tend we or one tends to elevate them to a higher status you know mm. we are sitting at their feet drinking of their wisdom
0: yeah i think that's that's what i've been doing because i've been interviewing people who are a lot smarter than me
1: i doubt that's true um there might be they might have you know certain spheres of knowledge that they can talk of but I, you know let's let's nip that in the bud <laughs> <laughs> in, in their area of expertise sure okay <laughs> And yes, that is difficult. And I think that is lots of these things. Unfortunately, the unsexy answer is they come with practice. And I I think that is something that comes with practice. And I think part of it is you can get in your head about things very easily. And once you're in your head, once that person's talking and you're thinking, wow, this is gold, this is great. There's so much useful information here. Part of what we're doing then is not necessarily... Listening and focusing and being mindful of the conversation that's hap- that's unfolding right now, and that is it. Again, it is okay. Let's you know, let's call call it a conversation because it is. It is just a heightened version of that.
0: I think one, one thing that I've picked from that is it's there's a lot to do with the mindset you're bringing into the into the the conversation or the into the interview, yeah. Um, and and the power dynamics that that creates, right? And yeah. yeah, I think what you've made me realize is that maybe I'm a, I'm kind of going in being this um this this lower uh entity in that in that um d- dynamics where you're the you kind of going and thinking oh you know they are doing you a favor by coming to your show and sharing their wisdom and insights so you should listen to everything that they say everything that they say is right and so on uh which kind of i guess makes it easy, more difficult i guess puts more pressure on you to have to listen to everything that they say and not interject?
1: Yes, and also to know what to say if the person's made a really good, succinct point and you're like, well, that's tied that up in a nice, neat bow. (laughs) What do we do now? Because in a normal conversation, you might look at your your glass and go, do you want another one? And go to the bar. (laughs) You know. You you would find something else. You would look around and go, what is that weird piece of artwork on the wall? Hmm. But we have we have got that pressure and and you're right and and as you were talking, I was mindfully trying to be absolutely present in that moment and yeah the 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 danger such as it is is if you come in thinking, "I've got to wring all of this useful information out of this person, A, that's you know not necessarily then a conversation, but also you're <laughs> You are putting pressure on yourself. You are then not allowing the conversation to be to emerge and find the fun and find the, the interesting bits because you can always come back. You know, something I've said again, I think, before is when you have a guest, you can always come back to them. You can always hopefully say, this was great. I'd love to do this again sometime or I'd love to delve into this. And maybe that's the thing you can do. When you start to notice the person diving off topic is you can always say... So it's interrupt. That's a really great point, and I'd love us to pick that up in another episode. But if, if you know, th- this episode I wanted to focus on this thing, so let's talk about this. Now, you and I know you might not want to have them back to talk about that thing. They don't need to know that. You know, you're, it's, it sounds a little bit ruder than it is, but it, it gives you the opportunity then to say, I hear what you're saying, and what you're saying has value... It's just not where, where we wanna go right now. And I think that gives you a bit more license to interrupt. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think um, it's, it's the pressure of keeping it listener-centered, right? Yeah. It's not about you, it's about the listener. Uh, and hence, I think like you make a great point that it, it's, it's not a conversation between just you and, and, the, and the guest. It is about trying to make it valuable to the listener. But at the same time, what I find um, is that that additional pressure makes, you, makes it um, less natural for me. Um, because you're constantly thinking of, okay, what's in it for the listener? What's in it for the listener? What's in it for the listener? And when you're in that mindset, you're not actually listening to the conversation anymore. You're actually thinking of, how do I make this valuable to the listener? And I've had instances where I've gone back and listened to the recording, and then I was like, oh, that guest actually said that. I didn't actually pick that up when I was listening to the person. And I actually learned more about the conversation or the interview in the recording than in the moment.
1: I almost have that in reverse, I think, because I I tend, I think, to get more into the conversation. I think that's because conversational stuff doesn't come as easily for me as it might do with other people. So I'm paying a lot of attention to, like, picking up verbal cues or visual cues, and so I'm doing a lot of, like, front-brain processing as part of the conversation. And so it's all kind of happening there. When I come to an edit... I'm really editing in a very different mindset and so I think what you're possibly doing is is the other way around is you're kind of editing in your head while the conversation's happening because you're thinking where's the value in this and I think editing is really taking it's that, that thing of um, I can't remember who it was who said it but it's the idea of to make making a sculpture is basically t- you take a big block of marble and a chisel and you chip away everything that isn't the shape that you want it to be and that's what editing is that's why I I always say to people like don't worry about hitting a time limit worry about hitting a sort of a threshold of of attention because what what the editing job is 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 there is just chipping away at the bits that aren't the interesting part of the podcast and it's hard it's really difficult to try and do that to yourself in the conversation because you will end up making your life more difficult and, you know, probably having a harder time being mindful, focusing on that conversation at the
0: time. So what are you thinking right now in terms of the episode that you will be releasing off the back of this conversation? Are you thinking of what's going to go in there? Are you actually in the moment right now?
1: There have been moments when we've been talking where I've been thinking about the edit. But then, because this is a weird format, and I've never done something like this before, where... And it makes me uncomfortable sometimes Sometimes because I'm inviting people to come on and pick my brain, which means I have to talk a lot more than I would do if I was just having a, you know, interviewing someone. So you being a coach, weird, right? Yeah, (laughs) but inviting a guest to come on and ask the questions, which means I end up doing a lot of talking. With so pretty much you're Um, the guest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Um, and that's that's kind of a weird thing. And I think it's the only thing I can do because I've been podcasting for so long that I'm just a to, like, worrying about the sound of my own voice, <laughs> worrying about my weird phrasing and, like, the fact that I do get halfway through a sentence and completely lose the thread because my brain just fires I, Like, I... I think I've just been doing it for so long. I don't worry about those things. So I'm less in my head. But I know that there have been certain points when we've been having this conversation where I've been going, I wonder how that'll edit out. Like, I wonder what I'll tease out from that bit. And how can I address the balance? And uh, another question that that you brought up when, when you were asking initially is like, that balance between your voice and the guest's voice and how to balance out and make sure that you feel like you're giving the guest enough Time and space. And again, I think that's something that can come out in the edit. So one of the things that I often see a lot of when ed- editing is people, because they're trying to have a natural conversation, and in many cases they are having a natural conversation, they do what we do in natural conversations. They say, hmm, yeah, I, absolutely, I agree, while the other person's speaking. And they're doing that because they want to show that they're actively listening. I tend to do that when we're on a call like this with more exaggerated Facial expressions, big nods, so that you know you're getting that feedback that I've taken on board what you've said, but I'm not making those noises because then I don't have to remove them in the edit because I do tend to remove them in the edit. You will start to find as you edit, you ask questions that maybe you needed to ask in the call, but they may not need to live in the edit you might find that point A and point B can segue quite nicely. And sometimes that will depend on the skill of the interviewee, you know, whether they're sort of media trained and they know about incorporating the question in, in question into the answer. But you will hit those moments where you'll go, hey, you know what, I actually don't need this question in here because they jumped off on this really well. And so you can kind of start to remove yourself bit by bit from the conversation if you need to. If you feel like you're focusing, you're, you're in there too much, you can kind of back yourself away in the edit but there will also be those moments where you're just feeling like you've got to wring everything out of your guest because they're just not giving you much and sometimes that just happens Mm.
0: in the beginning of the interview uh, what would be your number one tip for warming up your guest Uh, for example when you're in in a real conversation you'd be like, hey, you know, how's the weather? You don't Aaron? have to
1: warm up. <laughs> no.
0: You're like, how's yeah. the weather? Do you talk about your dog and, and so on? But all those things like, you know, the listeners don't want to hear about. Um, the listeners usually probably just want to get to the, the crux of the, the value.
1: So like I said earlier, hit record as soon as possible so that you've got that out of the way. Let them know that that's what you're doing. Let them know, listen, I want to get that bit out of the way if you say anything that you don't want in later let me know I can edit it out but it just means that we get out, get that out of the way and we can have start to have a conversation and I think if they are completely new to you a complete stranger then maybe jumping in in kind of casual terms or figuring out like what is the common thing that connected you what was it a mutual friend on linkedin was it um a tweet that you saw or a blog post that they wrote uh, and and have a little conversation around that and or, or like you know how are you finding linkedin at the moment like i've noticed this kind of thing happens and sometimes i think there is a danger that we have of trying to be natural trying to find natural things trying to sound natural and that again gets us in our head and gets a feedback loop going so there's almost a moment of if you don't immediately have something to say maybe the safer is not the word but maybe the the thing to do there is just to let the moment hang for a bit and or even just to acknowledge you know this is weird isn't it um <laughs> we are in a moment now where we can look at people's backgrounds and we can say wow you know like you've got guitars on your wall or you've got an on air light over there which i forgot to turn on find those little things be cu- you know what it is actually just be curious i think um be curious, find something to be curious about that you can then have a conversation about and then get them excited that they can talk about. You know, I used to have um, somewhere on my piano uh, a thing from Breaking Bad. I used to have uh, the little burnt uh, pink teddy bear that was in Breaking Bad, and that would be a conversation piece for some people. And then I can talk about that. Yeah, my friend gave me that as a housewarming gift, and and then I'm interested, and then we're in. We've made a connection, so Mm. be curious. Yeah, I think um, there's
0: something I need to do more of in terms of just... Just loosening it up and just mm. taking it, um, just having fun with it. Because I think I've been trying to follow the rules very strictly because of the training, the podcast training I've received, which told me things I should do and things I shouldn't do. <laughs> and I think that's making me feel more um, under pressure of just having to perform yes. rather than just being in the moment. And like you said, hey, talk about the the plant behind them or talk about random things, which might not necessarily directly add value to the listener, but it might actually help bring out more value during the conversation.
1: Definitely. And be prepared for lots of stuff to not be for the listener. But that's it's, it's not directly for the listener, but it is because it's about making that conversation sound more fluid and, and natural uh, to get back to that original point. So it's not content for the listener. But it's context, maybe. It, yeah. It's context setting. It's that environmental stuff that, that helps you. Um, because, yeah, you're not on news night where someone's just been flung into the chair. It's live. They've got a, you know, they, they've just had their microphone fitted and then they've now got to deliver a three-minute speech about whatever. We have the luxury of being able to sit with people. And other people may disagree with this, but I think if you've, if you've got, like, if you get a stellar guest and you've got half an hour with them, you might think, right, we haven't got much time to do the niceties. There's a part of me that thinks, you know what, if you actually just spent 10 minutes talking about what plant is that behind them, and then you get to have 15 minutes of real intense, like, and when I say intense, I mean we're really both enjoying this, we're really both engaged in this conversation because we've got all that stuff out of the way. No, we're actually just focusing on two people talking about something that interests us. Like if what you end up with is 15, 20 minutes of that rather than the half an hour you could have had that maybe took a bit of time to warm up, then that's better for the listener, I think. Hmm. I think
0: one thing that I'm trying to learn how to do is to not make it sound like a Q&A, like question, answer, question, answer. And sometimes I feel like that's where it's heading because a lot of my conversations, because I'm I'm like so stiff, so nervous, just want to kind of make the best use of the time, that I'm not letting it be a more
1: of a fun, casual thing. Use that, use that energy rather than try and fight it. Accept that that is right now where you are, because I think sometimes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but it's it's like the, the thing in Buddhism about the struggle, like that being the issue, the not accepting of, of that that is the problem. And so I think if you can accept, okay, right now, at where I am in my trajectory as a podcaster, I feel more comfortable with structure. I feel more comfortable with a direct, like, here's a question, answer the question. You can have fun with that. You can play with that. You can say, for the first 10 minutes or whatever, or I've got X number of questions, let's do them, like, nicely rapid-fire, high-energy high, high energy. And then you can always see what comes out of those questions. You can always be sort of furiously making notes of what they've said that you can then come back to after you've answered those, uh, asked those sort of questions. I think when you've got something like that, the difficulty and where that stiffness and that rigidity comes from is, I think, partly by trying to fight it. Yeah,
0: that, that's something that I have been trying to embrace more in my life. Um, being born into a, a Buddhist family, uh, but not having practiced Buddhism properly. That's something that I'm trying to learn how to do in terms of just letting, letting it be. Um, when you
1: figure it out, let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a story I heard, I think it was a story that I read in the 4,000 weeks, the, the book by Oliver Berkman, or someone else I think, or another podcast where apparently a, a Buddhist monk who's a teacher takes his um, student on a walk and he basically instructs the student to not speak a word and just walk. And when they get to a mountaintop, they see this beautiful sunrise and the student can't keep it to himself. And he's like, oh, master, this, this is such a beautiful sunrise. And the master just doesn't say anything, right? Because he instructed the student not to talk. And when he gets back to the monastery, uh, the student asks me, you know, why didn't you say anything like, because it was such a beautiful sunrise? I, I told you it was a beautiful sunrise. And the master basically told the student that when you thought about the sunrise and told me about the beautiful sunrise, you're not experiencing the sunrise. You're actually thinking about it right? And there's a difference there between thinking about an experience and actually experiencing it.
1: Being in in the mindset, again, like being mindful, being in the present comes with a sense of ease and a sense of relaxation that I don't know if it's easy to do at the beginning of your journey as a podcaster, because everything matters right now. Everything's Mm got to be right, and I completely get that. Um, And I think that's a good and understandable urge. It's like, I'm a few episodes in. Each one of these matters. I've got to put a lot of work into this. And I think, again, perhaps it's the privilege of of having been done this for a long time and having started so many bleeding podcast projects that the stakes are much lower for me. And if you can find a way for those stakes to be lower and to realize that if you're doing this and, and enjoying it, this is one of a thousand episodes you'll record. Hmm. How do you know like, which one of those stakes are real stakes or which ones are just in your head that's a great question i think it probably differs for different people because i think it's about what you find important uh, and what the what you value in the podcast i think Uh, what the podcast is for for you is it a means of creative expression in in that case then um, maybe the stakes are really high in terms of making the audio super pristine yeah the stakes will be different for you and you will discover those as you go along, but I don't think they should I, – I, I think, yeah, you should find them. I don't think they should come inherited from the rules that someone else has, has set out for you. As much as people like me and lots of other people can advise and say this, this is what we think are important, you've got to sort of synthesize and figure out, well, for the show that you want to make, for the resources that you have, for the people you want to speak to, for the impact that you want to have, for the time and all that stuff that you have available to you – what are the actual stakes and you will find that as you as you go through
0: I think that's a great way to put it because when you <laughs> listen to um, other expert podcasters and coaches and you go through podcasting training and bootcamp and things like that it feels like everything's important you got to do everything yeah. right you know with the sound the the, the interview the, the the marketing you know everything has to do be perfect I'm exhausted just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like I said, that that um, it depends on you. There is no one right way, um,
1: but what is right for you. Because so much of it comes from a good place, and it comes from a place of wanting to help people make the best thing that they can. And so there is a, an element that maybe we have to invite people to to work a bit harder on some aspects than others, then than they maybe feel comfortable or push people people out of their comfort zone. Definitely, I think that's that's useful to do because that's how you grow. But it's also realizing when you're pushing against stuff that really doesn't matter to that person. I could I could talk until I'm blue in the face about a particular thing of of sound quality or whatever, and if I know that the podcast is going to be listened by someone in the bath on their on their Bluetooth speaker, then what am I worrying about? And and again, you'll find that as you go. Wow. I've really enjoyed this. Um, Would you uh, please tell the listener what your show is and and where people can find it and why they should be listening?
0: Sure. So I recently launched a podcast called Design Feeling, which is about helping designers, creators, uh, technologists, people who basically solve problems and make things to know themselves first so that they can use that knowledge of self-awareness to be more creatively confident. And work on more impactful projects that actually bring them more joy and meaning. And the reason I started this podcast was because I didn't know myself as a problem solver, as a designer. I knew my customers and my users and my clients more than I knew myself. And I was basically driven by external forces when it came to the work that I was doing without actually understanding what are my needs, what do I want out of this. So I'm actually trying to start a conversation with other experts who might be kind of going through the same things in terms of how do I increase my self-awareness, my creative confidence, and my sense of meaning in what I'm doing as designers and problem solvers. So you can check out the podcast at designfeeling.co or any of your favourite podcast platform, please do follow.
1: There's a voice I could just sit and and listen to for a very long time, so I hope that you don't edit yourself too much out of the conversation. Thanks, Mark. Big thanks to Nirish Shakir from the Design Feeling podcast for chatting to me this week. Uh, if you want to discuss anything that we brought up in the episode uh, and find out how to apply it to your work, then you can drop me an email, mark at origin.fm. Uh, and also you'll find links to everything that we chatted about at podcastownersmanual.com.